This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Sarah Levine is a 26-year-old worker at a Trader Joe's in California. Since she works in that public environment, she is really careful to take care of herself right now. I mean, she wears gloves to work. She's got the mask and, and all those things as people come in and out and around her. And, and as she was working one day, you know, nervous, just being straight up honest, nervous, because she didn't know if someone that's there is sick or she might get sick. And so she was nervous. And then her mind shifted. And she started to think not about the people who were in the store, but the people who couldn't leave their home. She thought about the vulnerable people, people who like were undergoing cancer treatments or new moms that just had little babies and the elderly. And she decided she was going to do something about it. And so she went to a neighborhood website and this is what she posted. She said, If anyone needs anything and is unable to leave their house to get it, please feel free to message me and I will do whatever I can to get it to you. Please do not use this as a free delivery service if you're able to leave your home. So sad, right, that she needed to put that in there, right? But she did, okay? And then she continues on, though. It's vital that we do what we can to support each other. And I want to help however I can. You know, in the last six weeks or so, so many people have gone above and beyond the call of duty. And today, as we gather for worship, we are continuing our series, Who Told You That? And what we're going to do is we're going to go into Romans chapter 7 and look at the words and see, you know, who told you that all people are basically good? So let's consider a very familiar piece of English literature, the drama of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, okay? Dr. Jekyll has a secret, right? And he's got to keep it hidden. I mean, he is a stately man. He is well-respected throughout all of London, but he's got this secret, right? He's got to keep it hidden. Mr. Hyde, on the other hand, is a little crooked guy. But Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they have this unhealthy but inseparable relationship. For the most part, Dr. Jekyll doesn't like what Mr. Hyde does or wants to do. But every now and then, Dr. Jekyll gets an adrenaline rush from what Mr. Hyde does or wants to do. And it even finds pleasure sometimes. And so there's this conflict going on. And it rages throughout the story until the very end. And at the end... What is surprising is not that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are really the same person, but what is surprising is the evilness of the human nature that's found in all people. Can you relate? The Apostle Paul could. 
Now, I know that, that not everybody worshiping in right now knows who the Apostle Paul is or his backstory. So I'm just going to share a little bit with you. Before uh, the Apostle Paul became Paul, he was Saul. Okay, and Saul was a very intelligent man. He was very uh, aggressive. He was, he was stubborn. He was zealous. He didn't believe in Christianity. He thought that was a joke. And he persecuted Christians viciously. In fact, on at least one occasion, we find Saul watching a murder of a Christian man. Okay, I mean, he's right there on the street while this man is being murdered and he's giving his approval to it. That's how evil he was. And, and you know, Saul would go out and what he would do is he'd go from town to town and region to region and he would try to arrest people who were Christians and perhaps they would end up with the same fate as that man who was murdered. On one such trip where he was going to a city called Damascus to arrest the, the Christ followers there, God appeared to him with this huge light, brilliant bright light that figuratively and literally knocked him off his horse. And over the next few days or so, that, that brilliant life, that whole experience with God. It revealed to Saul who he really was and the deep covetousness that he had in his heart, this grasp, this desire for his own glory, his overinflated ego. It revealed to him his fear, his pride, and his penchant for violence. And through that experience with God, Saul was converted and became a Christian and became known as Paul. And then Paul became the apostle Paul. And apostle just means sent out. And so Paul went out now all over the world instead of persecuting Christians, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Paul was also a writer. He was a publisher, book author. In fact, some of his books are in the book of books, the Bible. And we're going to look at his words tonight. And, and these words I'm going to read to you in just a minute, these are words of the Apostle Paul. And he's talking about himself as a Christian, not as the unbelieving Saul, but, but as a Christian now. And as I read these words, what I'd ask you to do is listen in and see if you can find yourself in any of these words. Okay? Listen in. Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That's in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin 
living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Paul is just like Dr. Jekyll. He's got this inner conflict in him. There's the good that he wants to do, but somehow or another, he keeps managing to blow it and not do it. And then there's the evil that he doesn't want to do, and man, he nails it. He does it time and time again. This is, this is the goat, right? The greatest of all time world missionaries. This is the guy who's got uh, his books published in the book of books, the Bible. And he's going, the good I want to do, I keep messing up on. And the evil that I don't want to do, oh man, I always end up doing that. Can you relate? I mean, how good are you really? Is there something that you're hiding? Something that you're ashamed of? Just between you and me, okay? Just between you and me. Have you ever lied to anyone? Parents, children, a friend, or a spouse? I have too. You know what that makes us? It makes us liars. Have you ever, you know, just between you and me, have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? Maybe a piece of candy from a brother or sister? A few bucks from mom's purse or dad's wallet or maybe the money was just lying out on the cabinet? Maybe it was a, an answer to a, a test or a quiz that was on someone else's paper and you just kind of lifted it with your eyes, right, and wrote it down? Or maybe a, an office supply or a tool from work. Yeah, I've done that too. You know what that makes us, right? It makes us thieves. Just between you and me. Guys and gals, just between you and me. Have you ever looked at someone lustfully? What that means is we've committed adultery with them in our hearts. How about this? Just, just between you and me. Have you ever hated anyone, even for just a second? It shows that we've committed murder inside our hearts. You see, there is this deep core of evil inside of all of us. In Genesis chapter 5, we, we learn this. It says, every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Our capacity to do evil is far greater than we get. Sometimes we do evil and we don't even know we're doing it. But this is kind of how we look at life, right? We, we go, boy, those, those really, really holy people, really, really good people. Then there's, there's the serial killers and then there's the, the rest of us. And we're basically pretty good. But there's really 
and evil inside of us, right? And we will never appropriately deal with that if we try to deal with it on the basis of our own willpower, okay? You know that, okay? We'll never appropriately deal with that, that bad part of us on the basis of our own willpower. Here's how I know that you know that, okay? Because you've done something bad and you've said and you've promised and you've determined, I will never do that again. And you did, and you did it again. Your willpower said, I'm not gonna do it again. And you just concentrate on it so much. You go throughout the whole day. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And, and, and you know, I'm not gonna. And what that does is that means that, that thought, that sin, that temptation is always around us. And sooner or later, we end up falling into that temptation and into that sin. You know, just thinking about that, trying to stay away from it, only makes that evil stronger. You see, the, the law is good, but it's actually powerless to help. Our human willpower can't help us either. Here's something else you know from your own life experience. If you don't want to do something, tell your heart that it's evil, and sooner or later, you'll do it. Sin is bad, right? Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. And you know that already. So what's the solution? Christianity offers us the solution that's outside of ourselves and yet at the same time transforms our hearts and our very lives. Okay. Paul, that, that greatest of all time world missionary, that, that author of books that's inside the Bible, the one who still calls himself the chief of sinners, this is what he says. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a wretched man I am. It's confession. Did you ever stop to think that it's in your confession that you're actually the closest to God? Did you ever stop to think that your confession, that is a sign of spiritual maturity? I mean, think about it. If we went back to Hitler in his heyday and we asked Hitler, Hitler, are you a bad guy? He'd say no. And if we'd go to Abraham Lincoln in his heyday and we'd say, ask him, Abraham Lincoln, are you a great guy? He'd say no. You see, the closer we are to God, the closer we are to that light of God, the more clear we see ourselves. The closer we are to the glory of God, we see the smudges in our own lives. We see the tarnish marks. We see that, that our glory is stained and tarnished. It's when we're in the light, when we're close to God, that we see ourselves 
as we really are. A few years back, I was uh, doing ministry with a, with a friend of mine, and he woke up one Sunday morning. It was in the winter time, and he got dressed in the dark because he didn't want to wake up his wife, right? He drove to church in the dark, right? And he gets to church, and he turns on the lights, and as he turns on the lights and looks down, he sees that when he dressed himself, he dressed himself with one black shoe and one brown shoe. Huh? When we're in the light, we see ourselves as we really are, as Jesus is the light of the world. God sent him into the world and Satan raged against Jesus. And Satan got a whole bunch of people to rage against Jesus to the degree that they crucified Jesus. Even though he was absolutely innocent, he never broke a single law. He never lied, not even once. None of those things that you and I have done, he never did. He was crucified. But you know what? Jesus never stopped loving his father. Jesus never stopped loving you or me. He never said. And three days later, he rose again from the dead, conquering sin, death, and Satan. Maybe some of you will remember the Old Testament story of David and Goliath, how it was a one-on-one battle. And when David beat Goliath, that victory counted for all of Israel, all of God's people. When Jesus defeated sin, death, and Satan, it was a victory for all people. You're forgiven in Jesus. You see, the good news of Christianity is not that we give our goodness to God and then he owes us. The good news of Christianity is that Jesus gives us his goodness called righteousness. Perfect. It's beautiful. It's holy. You see, Jesus redeemed us. He saved us. He rescued us. Paul in Romans chapter 7, what he says to us is, you know, before I became a Christian, the deal was that I I tried to keep the law because when I did, it made me feel good about myself. I tried to keep the law because then I could look down on other people who blew it, who didn't. I tried to keep the law because I felt in keeping the law that God would owe me. He said it never let up. There was always another thing to do, always something to do better, always someone to assure that they were wrong, always trying to get God's favor based on what I was doing. He said it was just so overwhelming. It was so burdensome. He goes, I hated the law. And now Paul says, as a Christian, I see all that Jesus did for me, all out of his love, all out of his goodness, without any expectations. Oh, now I delight in the law. I love Jesus. And I see that he's got the law and it's there for my good. And and I I see the spirits working in me and I just want to show my love and thanks to God for all he's done for me. So for you and me, what, what that means is like when temptation comes, we can try to withstand it by our willpower. And we're already seeing how that works. Or we can say to God, oh, 
God, thank you so much for your amazing, undeserved, unconditional love in my life. And let that motivate us to just love him. You see, temptation and sin, what that's trying to get you and me to do is grab onto something that it says we need. And Jesus is already here. And he's actually given us everything we truly do need in his love for us. You know what's better than a good person? A person who is forgiven wholly and completely by Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You see, the battle for good isn't won on the field of comparison. It's won on the cross. The good news of Christianity is it's not about our goodness. It's about God's unconditional forgiveness for us. But here's the thing. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Which one do you want to be? Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, as we look on our lives, there's so many times where we've, we've fought and tried to do good and we tried to hurt other people, you know, because we're better than they are. We tried to knock them down because we felt they were better than us. There have been times, Lord, where, where we've done things and, and we've kind of expected and if not demanded, you owe us because we did it. I mean, we went to church. You owe us. It's just no good. Living under the law, the law is good, but it, it's powerless to help us. But God, you didn't leave us alone. You sent Jesus, your son, not only to help us, but to forgive us and to save us. Oh, thanks be to God. Thanks be to you, O oh Lord. You give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.